3: That's right. It is Go Birds Radio. No James Seltzer today, sadly, but I'm Elliot Shore Parks here with my man, Ruben Frank. We got Eagles practice later today, but with you from one to three to talk about everything we've seen so far in camp. What's going on, Rube?
4: Yeah, and we'd like to thank uh, James, uh, or, uh, um, uh, for, uh, Jack Fritz, Fritz Jack, yeah. Fritz for doing yeah. the pregame, whatever yeah for doing, doing the, the pre- pregame for our show. Yeah, whatever is. We name appreciate was. it. Yeah, yeah. Jack, uh, Fritz, uh, Fritz and uh, and Rob Ellis for doing our pregame show. So this is the yeah. this is the main event now. But yeah, it's great because we uh, we we did a shift a few weeks ago and there wasn't a whole lot to talk no. about. But we're three days in now, three very eventful days at training camp. There's a lot to talk about. We'll take your calls. We'll talk Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts. Uh, there's there's a lot to get. Yeah. If, you, if there's a player you're wondering about. Give us a holler and ask about him because...
3: Yep. Yes, we've been out there for three days now, and like Rube said, if there's anybody you want to know about, 215-592-9494, we'll take your calls, talk about any players you want to. But the first thing I wanted to ask you was, because I think my biggest takeaway from the first three days, outside of Jalen Hurts, and I have a lot to say about Jalen Hurts. I've been tracking every throw, as you know. You see me out there with my, uh, with my pen and my pad writing down every throw, but... To me, the biggest question about this team coming into camp was Nick Sirianni. Really. I think
4: it's still the biggest question. Yeah,
3: for sure. I yeah. Mean, look, three days doesn't answer doesn't answer any questions. But coming in, it was you know, will he be authoritative enough? Is he a good head coach? He's never called plays. never been a head coach. Through three days, I'm impressed with the camp he's running. I, I think uh, it's been a, for for a couple reasons. One, I think Nick Sirianni is running a tough a tough camp so far. The to me, it really said a lot that the first drill they ran of training camp was eleven on eleven red zone, first team versus first team. He talked a lot about competition and wanting it to be a competitive environment. He set that up. Um, Also, even though they have not had pads on yet, I think it's been physical practices. Guys are getting knocked over. Guys are going to the ground. Probably, you know, the offensive players aren't enjoying it as much, but Jonathan Gannon said this week when, when we talked to him that he likes that he has a head coach that allows him to be competitive like that, that wants the practices to be competitive. And finally, the last thing I really like about the camp so far is So we're out there. Today is uh, Saturday. We're out there on Friday. The days are already uh, blending together a little bit. We're out there on Friday. It wasn't a good practice in the eyes of Nick Sirianni. And I've been covering nine camps now. And he stopped practice, pulled them all together and talked to them and tried to say to them, look, practice is not good enough. You need to pick it up. And then after practice, the players said, yeah, we noticed a difference afterwards. So you're seeing the players respond to him. You're seeing him be competitive and you're seeing him run the camp i think he wants to run and to me that's been incredibly impressive
4: yeah i agree i'm surprised how short the practices have been and they're they're not padded up yet they're not allowed to be so we'll see if they get longer i, I would think they they will they should they need to yeah. um, but they're very efficient practices they're almost i don't want to say chip kelly paced because that was kind of breakneck mm-hmm. uh, but they're they're quick paced there's not a lot of standing around they're efficient they're very well organized you know, you see guys jogging from one drill to the other. It's not a lot of wasted time. Uh, they're, they're efficient practices, but you're right about the ones versus ones. That's something Doug did not like to do. No. And now, uh, you know, there's there's different ways to skin a cat, and Doug certainly had had good practices and you know, had success, but uh, it's, it's been interesting to watch that. It's all about competition. I like the fact that they grade every practice. They score it, yeah. and there's a winner and a loser, and – no, And there's bragging rights. The first day, the defense won. The second day, the offense won. I don't think we know. We need to find out. It was pretty close yesterday. I thought the, I thought the defense probably won.
3: Yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was close. Look, I thought Jalen Hurts had his best practice at training camp yesterday. He had a few really nice throws. But I would agree, overall, the defense. But what stood out to me, too, and you mentioned how they're grading every day. Like, we get to talk to the players after practice. And you can tell, I think at least, when a player is just saying something versus when they really care. They seem to be genuinely into, like, who's winning that day. Lane seemed very into it. Ryan Kerrigan seemed very into it. So, I think Sirianni setting up this competitive environment is translating to the players in a very authentic way.
4: Yeah, and you see that competition. Like, you know, I kind of assumed Derek Barnett would get the first team reps. Josh Sweat would get the second. But that's not the way it's been. And you have, you know, you have young guys like Kayvon Wallace and Davion Taylor getting reps with the ones uh, you have guys all over the place. Everyone's getting a chance to compete with the, with the starters. Uh, so it's not just lip service. Every coach talks about competition. but And, and part of it is because there's not a lot of you know really established guys who yeah. really deserve to be declared starters right from day one. So I, I like it. This team needs that. They need guys who are getting pushed and, and, and being motivated to, to do better because they won four games last year. So uh, I, I like it. I like what he did yesterday. Stop. I've never seen that, Elliot. Yeah. I've been doing this a, a few years more than you. A little, little bit more, I would a say. A little bit more yeah. than you have. And I've never – I've seen coaches start drills over. I've seen coaches, you know, run plays over. You know, Tight used to stand up there with his with his whistle and go, you know, back in the huddle. <laughs> <laughs> but I've never seen a guy actually call a team meeting. Yeah. In the middle of practice, and
3: well, we thought they'd wrap practice up because that's normally what they do. You know, they'll yeah. all go, they'll all go to. Uh, but it was the forty
4: minutes field. in, so it, we we something was up, and it, it was interesting because I, I just think you it's it's a it's a you got to be careful when you do stuff like that. You got to make sure, and I think the the thing that I liked was I mean they were going without a lot of the older players, you know Kelsey Lane, uh, Ertz, those guys didn't practice. Um, it was it was a really young group. Um and I, I think there there was a connection. There was a sloppy practice, and those are the guys that really need to be told to to raise your level. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the the guys we talked to after practice really liked it, and they said the practice picked up after that. Um, that's a feel you got to have a feel. Boston Scott was pretty good talking about that. He said, you know, you got to really have a feel for your team and your players and how the day is going, and and he did and. Uh, you know, but you got to be careful with that stuff because if you don't pull it off right, if if the message isn't the right one, guys are going to roll their eyes at you. And, and yeah. like, who is this clown? You know, this is high school Harry stuff. So I think for him, it worked. You Got to be careful how much you can't do that every day. You know, you can't you got to wait for the right time. But um, I, I like the practices. I think I think Nick is winning guys over. I think the the veterans seem to really like him, which is the main thing. Is if if the Kelseys and you know and 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 Fletchers and BGs are are, are buying in, then the young guys are just going to follow along. It only takes one older guy to, you know, to question the coach, and the younger guys are going to be like, well, he doesn't yeah. think this guy's. Is- Knows what he's doing. I, mean, I, I a, certainly do ask,
3: ask Chip Kelly about that, right? Yeah. I mean, the older guys turned on Chip, and, and that was it. 215-592-9494. Call in. If you have any questions about training camp players, you want to know how they've looked, certainly are going to get into Jalen Jalen Hurts. Uh, one thing Nick Sirianni did do, I wanted to get uh, your – And Elliot said if
4: you can't call in between one and three – you're gonna give your cell phone number out and people exactly. can just call you. You can just text me afterwards. Just, yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Text me, call me, whatever works best for you. We we don't have practice till five thirty. So we've Yeah, we've got a couple of hours. Yeah, we got between, time to kill. Yeah. What did you think of Nick Sirianni's decision to give the veterans off yesterday? So early into camp. I mean, it was there was two practices and this was so they, they got day three off. And it was a lot of people. I mean, it was Kelsey, Lane, I'm pretty sure was off, Darius Slay. Brandon Brooks was off. Fletcher was off. I mean, Zach Ertz has basically been off the entire camp. But Zach Zach Ertz was off. So he did give his veterans a day off the third day in the camp. What would you think of that?
4: Yeah, and you already had Rodney out and Brandon Brooks out with injuries. So uh, I think everybody over 28 was off. Yep. It's unusual. But what if I suggest – and, you know, I I know you're always up for a good conspiracy theory. Always. What if – he had it all planned out to give the older guy. He knew it would be a sloppy practice because you have all these young guys, undrafted guys, you know, guys who haven't been in the league, haven't been here. He knew it was going to be a sloppy practice. And he had that whole speech kind of planned out uh, because without, without the veterans with a new system and a new coach, it's going to be sloppy. Um, It's, it's early for it, but you know, I think more and more every year training camp is about the mental side of it. And, Mm -hmm. And classroom work and and meetings and and film and learning and keeping older guys off. To, hey, we've seen this team how decimated they've been yeah. by injuries, mainly the older guys. So uh, I, I'm I'm okay with it. it. It it was early. It was surprising. I figured maybe next week they get a day, uh, but. I mean, Jason Kelsey doesn't need to be out there at practice.
3: Yeah, and look, after Brandon Brooks went down, and it looks like he is going to be okay, I think yesterday with the veterans off, you know, we'll, we don't have a good idea if Brandon Brooks was going to pl- practice, but we'll see today if he's out there. There is a part of me watching this team that's like, you know what, just rest all the offensive linemen until week one. They've played long enough. They've been together. Obviously are not going to do that, but as you mentioned, the injuries that they've had, they have been decimated with it. So m- my thing with giving the veterans off in day three, and I agree with you that it is early is that the first two practices were far more physical than normal, I think, for the start of training camp, right? I I remember under Doug, uh, Doug would have the first days at 10-10-10, so you're basically a walkthrough at that point. That that was not the case with Nick Sirianni. So the fact it was day three does raise some eyebrows, but ultimately because they were so physical the first two days, I don't think it was that big of a deal. About Nick Sirianni, last thing that we'll move on to Jalen Hurts, you've covered how many head coaches now with the Eagles.
4: Well, I covered Buddy, Kotai, uh Ray Bob, Andy, Chip, Doug, and Nick. Seven so of this them. This is
3: your seventh. So you've seen a lot of training camps. Overall, and you've touched on it a little bit. But just And Greasy Neal, of course. And, yeah, there you go. Overall, though, what are your impressions so far of how he's running camp? And I know it's, it's only a small sample size, but I'm just curious. I mean, compared to other coaches you've seen, some have had success, some have not. What's your overall thought on how Nick's handled camp?
4: It, it is early, but, you know, you uh, – I, I'm okay with it. Uh, it's very different than than what we've seen as far as the length of practice. But uh, I, I'm okay with it. I want to see how the you know these next couple weeks go. Um, you know they're going to start having days off, yeah. built-in days off, and and days off after games. Uh, I'd like to see practice a little longer.
3: Yeah, it's been short hour fifteen, hour twenty. Yeah, so far, yeah. But I feel we'll like see. Doug it, would go two and a half sometimes.
4: Yeah, and, you know, when this whole thing started, I mean, there was a three-hour morning practice and a two-hour afternoon practice with pads, yeah, with live drills. So, no, I, you can't do that anymore. You're not allowed to. But uh, an hour 20 is short. I'd like to see him go a little longer.
3: Yeah, and I think they might going into it. Again, there is part of me that looks at the team and says – just get them healthy for week one. But with a new head coach and a new quarterback, I see the need to do that. 215-592-9494. Call in. We'll talk about training camp. We'll answer any, any questions you have. I have all my signature training camp stats here ready to go. Catches, targets, completions, all those things, carries. So we can get into that. Uh, let's move on to the second guy that I think is probably the most important person in training camp right now. Jalen Hurts. We, As you mentioned, we did a show together a few weeks ago, and we were both very much in the camp of – Jalen's an accurate thrower people are being way too harsh on him and I, I don't know if you find this but at training camp you know you walk around you talk to different beat reporters I won't say any names but it seems in general even some of the local beats like are so harsh on Jalen as opposed to I mean I thought he was really good yesterday I thought he had a great day throwing the ball he had three touchdowns no interceptions and a few of the beats I'm talking to afterwards and they're like eh, he was okay so three days in what do you think of Jalen?
4: I think he's gotten better each day.
3: A hundred percent agree with you on that.
4: And, and I, I think you have to keep in mind he's out there with receivers he hasn't played with, behind an offensive lineman he hasn't played with, running plays he's never played in an offense he's never been in. Uh, you know, with a coaching staff he he's just getting to know, uh, and he's a twenty two year old kid. It's yeah. it's not gonna he's not gonna hit every pass and. You know, I mean, it, it, I think considering everything, he's you know I thought the first day was a tough day for him. Yeah, uh, but he's gotten better, and I think there's a couple. Th- I think he's holding onto the ball too long sometimes. You can see that, which is understandable. I think he's focusing in on Devante a little much, <laughs>
3: which is also which understandable. <laughs> kind of <laughs> hard
4: not to. And you know, he's out there without Quez, without Rager. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have Ward one day, he didn't have Fulgham one day. So, um, it, you know, it's been why, who who else is there to throw to? Um, so. And I, he seems to be wild high a little bit, uh, but yeah. for the most part, um, I think he's he's throwing the ball to the right place. Um, I've been impressed with the zip he has when he's throwing outs because I think yes. that was he has a strong arm. He has a strong arm, and and I like his outs and they, they're accurate. Uh, and yeah, I'm I'm okay with where he is. I mean, we're in day three of a first year starter under a new coach. Um, it's it's easy to just say that you know these guys. Got to hit every pass. It's not going to happen. I like where yeah. he is.
3: Yeah, I agree. I think one thing I've – one area – He's think, fun to
4: watch. I mean, he's just – it's just fun to watch yes, him play football.
3: 100%. He's very exciting. He's productive, too. He does get the ball in the end zone. Um, One area I've noticed him struggling, and I think this is where he really needs to work, is you see at times he's in the pocket – the pressure comes, and he escapes the pressure, which he's able to do. And then he can't decide if he's going to run or throw, and I think that's when a lot of his poor throws have been. He's not resetting his feet. I think you want to see him become more decisive there. That'll come with time, obviously, and just more reps. I mean, you know, this is his first training camp as a starter. So that's one thing I want to see from him. But, alright nine two ninety four ninety four. So as I said, me and Rube did a show a few weeks ago, and unfortunately this caller was not able to call in. But, Rube, you will find, and if I'm lucky enough to do more shows with you – one of the Go-Birds, Faithful, always calls in. Tom from Abington is where we start our show off with. Tom, what's going on, my man? Yo, Rube, I'm a big fan. How we doing today? I
4: appreciate that, Tom. What's, what's going on?
3: Asked. What up, Tom? Tom always <laughs> tries to play me like that, Rube,
5: worry about it. Yeah. So, quick quick shout-out to Kevin uh, last um, shift,
3: yes. right? Yeah, well, the most important shift, you know. This is ah, this is where go. you want to end it. If you're going to end it, it's with Rube, it's with me, it's with Go Bird. So we're going to miss him go. greatly. And with yeah, Tom. he does a fantastic
5: job. He really um, does, yeah. So, Elliot, at the end of this call, I will shock you, okay? Can't wait. That's that's called a teaser. So, there it is. All right, so um, I would like to start off by saying 2017, they, they – that year taught me that, yeah, of course you need talent. That you know, That's the most important thing with the team. But I think right behind that in a close second would be um, culture and chemistry, right? Yep, yeah. So that was a prime example of it. So I guess my question is what kind of a culture is this team setting
1: mm-hmm. down
5: there at one NovaCare Way, like early on? And I get it. I know it's early. It's one weekend. But I have just a list in my head of just things that concern me. Yeah, so, so,
3: well, let me answer your question. First of all, I I like that you say it's early, but I'm a big proponent of we all know it's early. We're doing this day by day. Let's just react to what we're seeing. So Uh three days in, I think the culture they're building is one of honestly, competitiveness. And I'm not just taking that from Sirianni. They are physical practices. Like You can see that these guys really care right. about the drills. They're basically tackling each other. and not, not not exactly, but you've seen guys get hit after the catch. So I do think they're building a competitive environment down
5: there. Alright, well, I hear you say that it's, it's, they're tough practices, but um, in my head on that list would be the fact that the third day, the veterans had off. Yeah, like
3: but again, I, I think they're doing that because the first two days were, were more physical. I mean, Doug would normally give them I, what would you say, Rube? Four, yeah, everything third
4: day off uh, i mean that's that's been that's been the case since big red was here that the, the veterans get every third day off every fourth day off and i you know you know why i don't have a problem with it those guys i mean what does jason kelsey need to be out there for this is about let's see how many young guys we can get reps those are the guys yeah. that need the reps and they got them yesterday
5: all right so why won't they name hurts the starter and elliot i know you've come around on this but yeah. i just
3: i don't get it well silo what do you think
4: well Go it's next. all about competition he and obviously hurts is the starter and I mean, he Nick even said the other day, I think on Wednesday, he's going to get all the first-team reps. So and he th-
3: has so far. He's right, and he's got every first-team rep. So why does he need that to
4: that say it? Who cares? Me, why don't they say it? But like, why does he need to? Is there any
5: negative that comes out of saying it?
4: Why does he need to? There's no reason to. Well, so
5: here's why I, I come around it can on this. Because yeah. it can get to hurts. No, the kid, you,
4: but you got to understand this kid. I think the kid even likes it. I, the kid is so competitive. He's so hungry. Okay, and he's that so brings driven. Me back, he's that, so motivated. Uh, it doesn't matter to him. It's so irrelevant whenever, to him. He just wants hear, to work hard every day and get better every day. So whenever I hear
5: the Eagles talk about hurts, a lot of callers, a lot of the hosts, I hear them talk about his intangibles, just like you just did, Rube. You know what I mean? Like, why aren't I hearing about his attributes on the field? Like, his yeah, throw in is, I mean, we, we just talked about right? him.
3: Yeah, I do think the Ugh. team sometimes does talk more attributes than it does physical skill. But, the, so, Rube, where I, I was very much in your camp all offseason on this. I don't think it bothers Jalen. I don't think it's a necessity to do it. The thing I think has changed is because so many people are speculating they're going to trade for Deshaun Watson – I do think now is the time to say, all right, you know what? He's our guy. Because, like, you as you mentioned, he is getting all the first-team reps. He is the starter. And, look, no one thinks Joe Flacco is beating him out. No one inside of that building is saying, man, maybe Joe's the starter. But I do think there are probably players that are saying, you know what? Like, I watch the news. I follow Elliott on Twitter, as I'm sure they all do, and follow you. Like, you see the Deshaun Watson stuff. And I think that could matter to, to Jalen.
4: I don't think anything matters to Jalen.
3: Okay. All right, and then Ertz. Like, they're totally yep. mishandling that. All right, come on.
5: He shows up with blonde hair, and I know it doesn't sound like a big deal, but that's like it's you're a trying to draw attention to yourself, 100%. and that's not Zach Ertz. And then the shorts being inside out to, to cover up that. look come on, that's intentional.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I Look, prior to the day one of camp, I said keep Zach. He makes the team better. I'll be interested to see where you are with the route. But after three days, I'm like, look, he doesn't want to be here. You you should just get him out of here. Mm.
4: Well, I agree in general, but I also agree that you don't want to do it for a seventh-round pick.
3: Yeah, it's a tough spot. So
4: I I would shut him down. I wouldn't have him out there risking an injury. Mm. I would shut him down, keep trying to shop him, and some tight end's going to get hurt somewhere, uh, and and somebody's going to need a veteran tight end who can catch your 40 passes, 45 passes, and and maybe that sixth becomes a a fifth or a fourth, and and you Mm. make the deal. But – um, I don't like seeing him out there.
3: Yes, great right, Tom've well, uh, heard what's I've also heard some me.
5: people say Nick Mullins is looking like the the better of the three quarterbacks. Well, I don't think he's
3: looked like the best one, but he's been very good. Tom, what's your uh, I want I'm excited for the surprise that you have lost okay. for
5: me All right, so um Carson Wentz is a weasel.
3: <laughs> mm. so Tom has been a big Carson guy for years. so what 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 made you decide to to jump ship to the correct side?
5: Yeah, uh, I, I never get political, Elliot. You know this, but yeah. he's an anti-vaxer, and and I can't get down with that. I'm a nurse. I'm a man of science. Yeah, uh, it it doesn't make any sense to me.
3: Have a good day, followers. Oh, I keep listening. Uh, man, appreciate you calling in. Yeah,
4: well, oh, he's never said that. He just never said that. Uh, he just said he didn't want to talk about it, and the fact that they're. They're like at 50% people are jumping to a conclusion. But we don't know that.
3: We don't know that. Uh, but Carson aside, and look, we're definitely going to get him now that he's injured and it looks like it's going to end up impacting the Eagles pick. I do think, too, like it is a positive for this team that Jalen Hurts said he's vaccinated. Like wherever you fall on the side of this vaccine debate, and it's kind of crazy it's even a debate, but wherever you fall on it, like it is a positive for the Eagles that their 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 quarterback is vaccinated. He's going to likely miss less time because of it. All right, 215-592-94-94. On the other side, we talked a lot about the offense, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, and we're going to keep getting into that. I want to talk to you about the defense too, though, because we got a chance to talk to Jonathan Gannon this week. I was very impressed, and I think through three days, you're seeing a lot of talent on that defensive side of the ball. So call in 215-592-9494. We'll be back on the other side. But before we take this quick break... You know if you listen to Go Birds, we are big Parks guys. The Parks Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real sports fan. Look, golf's in full swing. Football's going to be back soon. You can bet on all of it. Baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Live in-game play-by-play betting lets you bet while you watch. It's super exciting. I've become – I do it all the time. It's a super fun way to watch the game. And it's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the only one I recommend – you can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Park Sportsbook app and bet on individual player performances as they happen. Baseball, you can bet hits, home runs, pitcher strikeouts, every inning, golf. You can bet on match winners. You can bet on leaders after rounds and more. Or you can always bet on spreads, parlays, which you know we love here on Go Birds props teasers and over-unders new customers you can sign up right now and get your first bet risk-free up to five hundred dollars just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash pa use promo code go birds your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit the website has all the details this is go birds radio Elliot short parks here ruben frank on the day of an eagles practice we're doubling up today working hard now the training camp is yeah, back, right? We're grinding. What, what does Nick say, uh, Nick Sirianni? You got to attack, attack every part of your day. We'll attack this radio show. Attack your rest. Attack a nice sandwich, maybe after this, to get ready attack, for uh, iced tea from yeah, good karma. There's one thing I've learned on the beat, and I've been lucky to you know join the beat that has you on it. You love a good iced tea. There's one thing I know about Rube. You're a big iced tea guy. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You yeah, it's a that? fair yeah. assessment. I think so. I've seen you drink many a. Uh, get you
4: find a nice Asamba Bonaspati.
3: Okay, whatever that means. Is that a type of T? I guess it is. Okay, all right. Um, So, yeah, we got Eagles training camp practice today. We've been down there for three days. We're talking Nick Sirianni, the type of training camp that he's been running. You know, I think it's been a really good one. It's been competitive. I like the drills they're doing. They've gotten a lot of teamwork in. And then he gives veterans a day off. That is one thing I think with Nick you've seen. He is willing to work with these veterans. I mean, he worked with the leadership council, if you remember, in the off season to kind of negotiate to get them in. And that was huge. When they weren't going to come otherwise. He got, like, basically a month of work that he wouldn't have gotten otherwise. I thought that was a really good sign by him that he was willing to do that.
4: That was the first time I, I thought, you know, all right, he's there's something here. Yeah. When he was able to talk those guys, Fletcher and BG and Lane and Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, whoever it was, that, that whole group, uh, and convince them to come into practice.
3: When they were not going
4: to. They were not going to. and They had right. put out a statement yep. through the uh, PA saying we were, they're not showing up. That was huge. As a first-year coach, a rookie coach, to, to negotiate that, uh, that was his biggest accomplishment so far as a head coach. and. Um, that was the – you know, I've I i, I I've said this before, but John Harbaugh told me once when when he took over as head coach of the Ravens, he knew all he had to do was win over Ed Reed and Ray Lewis. Yeah. And if he could win over those two guys, like, everyone else follows their lead. So if they didn't buy into him, nobody would. The young guys would. But if, if he could win those two guys over, then he had a chance to win over the team. And he said he spent his first, like, couple months as a head coach – just with those two guys, making sure they were going to follow him, and when they did, everyone else did, and they won a Super Bowl the next year. Um, and and you have to understand that that those are the crucial guys to you. Got to find a way to work with, with Fletcher, and because they've seen guys, they've seen guys come and go. They've they won a Super Bowl. They they know the right way to do things, and you got to listen to them. You can't be so stubborn that it's my way or the highway. You got to listen, compromise, negotiate, and he's done that.
3: Yeah, and I look giving them day three off, right? I think that's another thing. And it's interesting how, and you mentioned it in the first segment, but a lot of a lot of people will say, you know, what's wrong with this medical staff? Why are they always getting hurt? Like, this team's always injured. But then on the flip side, they also want them to practice every single day at full speed, right? Like, you, you can't have it both ways. I mean, people are saying, what are they going to do differently to stay healthy? Maybe this is the beginning of that, right? Brandon Brooks goes down with what seems to be at most a minor you know hamstring injury knock on wood, hopefully it's not that bad. And then the next day you see Nick say, you know what maybe maybe I'll pull back the veterans a little bit and I don't know if they're related, but the the timing is uh, is you know interesting. Um, I think this team, another takeaway from the first few days is they do have good leadership on there. You've seen it at practices, you've seen it at the podium. I think even with the vaccination rate, right the fact that they're at how he said at least 90 percent of the team has taken their first shot. So I think the uh, the leadership has been really good.
4: Yeah, no question. And that's uh, and again, I know there's pushback from some people that don't believe in vaccines and don't believe in science, but there's a very tangible reason it makes sense for NFL players to get vaccinated mm-hmm. uh, because there's two sets of rules that govern players during training camp, one for vaccinated players and one for those who aren't. They can't be in the meeting room within six feet of teammates. They can't eat in the cafeteria. They can't go in the hot tub. They can't lift weights with their teammates. Can't go in the sauna. They got to wear masks. They got to socially distance from their teammates and coaches. Uh, And none of those things apply to vaccinated players. So when you're talking about togetherness, when you're talking about building a culture, a 90 percent rate, is is huge for Nick Sirianni because that means his team. You, you do the math. I think Howie said over ninety percent.
3: Yeah, it's taken their first shot. So have taken people, their first yeah. shot.
4: So you're talking about eight or fewer guys who haven't. Yeah. So as a team, you can be together. You can pretty much essentially, and we can tell. I mean, we see guys eating outside and yeah. guys who come to press conferences with masks. You know, you can kind of tell who's not vaccinated, uh, but.
3: Well, you look at Washington uh, in the division. Yeah. Washington, I think they, they've said they're around 50%. Yeah. I mean, that look, there there could be real tangible benefits, like comp- competitiveness-wise, for the Eagles going into that. So, before we go back to some callers, 215-592-9494, hop in, ask us any questions you have about players Mike Clay. that you have seen. Oh, the special teams coach is, uh, looks like he's calling in. By the way, quick side note, Mike <laughs> Michael Clay. I think he's going to be a good special teams coach. Yeah. I like that he's young and motivated. Like, yeah. you can tell this guy's super excited to have his job. I think he's going to do do good at it. One advice, piece of advice I would give him, not about special teams, but about just press conferences, he had a quote yesterday where he says, he was asked about Jake uh, Elliott, who uh, didn't have a great year last year. You know, missed some missed some big kicks for them. He was asked, like, what, what are you going to do to help him? And his answer was essentially, look, I, I'm not going to tell Tiger Woods how to putt. I, I'm not going to mess with his mechanics. And I get that. But maybe just don't say at the podium you're not going to help the kicker when you're the special teams coach.
4: Yeah, and I understand that kicking and special teams are two different things, and they do have a kicking coach. A big part of it, though. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I, you, don't, you, you don't say that.
3: Yeah, yeah you, I agree. You don't say I that. I think it was a great quote. But uh, the defensive side of the ball. We talked about Sirianni. We talked about Hurts. I think this defense, and it's, it's early, obviously. it's hard It's hard to tell. But there is there is actual talent on this defense. Like, I think there's more talent on the defensive side of the ball than there is on the offensive side. I think the cornerbacks, you look at Slay and Nelson out there, feels like a major upgrade over what they had last year and now that they have Nelson. Uh, Anthony Harris, to me, just physically way bigger than I thought. He looks like a great a- athlete out there. And Rodney's not practicing yet, but uh, I don't know if you've noticed this. Off to the side, he's working out. And he's not just, like, walking around. He's running. I think I've seen him do some change of direction stuff, so he looks pretty healthy. What's been your kind of takeaways or any thoughts you've had on the defense so far?
4: Well, yeah, I think um, the the, the D-line is such a strength, and, uh, you know, I, I love the depth they have. I mean, yeah. they go four deep, you know, uh, inside, four deep outside, and that's going to make the whole group better. That's well, going to make were, the secondary better. They
3: were third, in the, la- third in, in the league in sacks last year. I don't think enough people bring that up. Yeah, no, they, it's
4: they, impressive. They, they're, they're D-line. Then you add Kerrigan, you add Milton Williams – uh, so I think potentially this is they could be the if if Fletcher and BG don't have any kind of drop off and they're both in their thirties. So is Kerrigan. It's an older group, but uh, potentially one of the best. You know, maybe the best D line in the league, uh, and that's going to make the secondary better. It's going to make the linebackers better. Uh, a lot of new pieces in the secondary and and moving parts. Yeah, um, you know, two guys that I really would like to see take advantage. They're, they're both getting reps. Uh, Kayvon and and Davion Taylor. Second year guys, that's the kind of guy they need. Those because they don't have any, they don't have any young defensive stars. No, and they haven't for since Fletcher was a kid. Yeah, so they need those kind of guys to to blossom in year two. And I th- I think they're both off to good starts. They look athletic and active, uh, so we'll see how that goes. But um, I, I I'm not sold on the defense yet. I I think the defensive line. Uh, they're going to go as far as the defensive line takes them but they they're going to need to get create turnovers which they haven't done since the super bowl season uh, they're going to have to get takeaways they haven't done that so uh, and it's a new a new coordinator who seems to know what he's doing but i don't yeah. know uh, they have a lot of questions to answer
3: one thing i i like and part of it is part of it's cause of injuries just you know honestly Rodney's not there Alex Singleton i believe is still on the covid list he so is, yeah. they they've not everybody out there But one difference between this coaching staff and last year's coaching staff, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is it seems like younger guys are getting more of an opportunity, right? Kayvon is already out there with the starters. Uh, Taylor, who was basically non-existent all of last year, is getting first-team reps. Josh Sweat is starting, at least with the first-team defense, over Derek Barnett. Now, I don't know if that's just Howie saying to the staff, like, look, you're playing these guys I drafted. That could be it. But I I think what it really is is this coaching staff seems more willing – to put young guys out there and see how they do, as opposed to the the older staff last year, who was a veteran staff, right? Doug was his fifth year; he's an older guy. Jim Schwartz has been coaching for you know, twenty plus years. They seem to lean more towards putting veterans out there as opposed to rolling with younger guys.
4: Yeah, and it's understandable. They want you know they won a Super Bowl with a veteran defense, yeah. and you know the Corey Grant. I mean, Jim Schwartz really liked, and, and a lot of coaches are like they he really liked the those older veteran guys who maybe physically weren't as good as the younger guys but knew exactly where to be. They didn't make mental mistakes. Uh he would have taken eleven guys like that. So but eventually you gotta work in the younger guys or you're just not going to have a future. So yeah. I, I I like seeing these young guys and they, they you know, these guys have to take a big next step in year two, year three.
3: Well especially where this team's at. This is a good year to maybe try to get those young guys some reps. All right, let's go back to the phones. We got another Go Birds legend, dare I say. Tom from Vancouver. Tom, what's going on, man? You're on Go Birds Radio.
0: Oh my gosh, to be called a legend—legend, uh, maybe on Go Birds.
3: Yeah, well, you've earned it, Tom. You've earned it, man. I appreciate you calling in. What's on your mind?
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much. So, um, I uh, little quick point. I agree with Tom from Abington about Carson. I, didn't he wear a mask when he, he was talking he about it. He did this? have a
3: mask, and he, he did not yeah. say whether he was vaccinated or not. But you know, yeah. you can you well, can draw from there's that. There's circumstantial what you will. evidence. Yeah.
0: So the shorter, more intense practices, uh, I'm wondering if that has to do with more competitive uh, culture and managing injuries and getting them used to playing speed. I know mm-hmm. from being an amateur athlete uh, myself that if I'm in an environment where it does have that competitive intensity, my game is completely different.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, so. it, it could be. I mean, Jalen Hurts, I think, too. Rubes talked about his, you know, Jalen's personality and kind of intangibles. I think he brings that, too, right? He's a competitive guy, and leadership matters, I and mean, who your quarterback is matters, and I wonder if maybe Jalen's personality is rubbing off on this roster a little bit.
0: Okay, so I've got, I've got uh, three very quick questions. I want to leave you guys to be the ones to, to speak about it, of course. Yep. So have you, the, the first one is, do you want me to tell them all to you, and then you can decide which one No, knock
4: them out one at a time, and we'll, we'll hit them. We'll
0: okay. Have you, have you had the opportunity to see how good Jalen's reads were? Because I haven't heard much talk about that.
3: Um, well, I'll take this one. I, I, look, day one, I thought he made some poor decisions. And like I said, I think where he struggled in decision-making is whether to take off or, or to pull it back and throw. But I will say, too, at these practices, we don't get to watch replays of the plays. We're ground level with them. It is a little hard to see if he's making the right reads, but he hasn't put the ball in danger's way very much, I don't think.
0: Okay. Howie question. So Michael Clay, whom you just mentioned, he was asked about uh, Devontae Smith on returns, and he said yeah. it was a conversation between him, Nick, and Howie. Later I heard him mention personnel. Is, there, is this looking for trouble on my part, or is there any question mark there around involving personnel in a decision like that?
4: Well, how is GM? I mean, he's going to have a voice in, in, in pretty much everything. I mean, that's, that's his job. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't think that's a red flag or anything, if that's what you're asking. I mean, that's, not, that's every team.
3: And look, I hope okay. howie steps in and says don't put Smith back there. They don't want their number yeah. 1 receiver returning punts, all right? Don't do yeah.
0: that. Agreed. Okay, so the, the last one that I'll leave you with because I think both of you will have uh, an opinion on this, mm-hmm. and that's in terms of the most surprising player. And this is a I listened to your uh, your podcast where you were doing like a, the great up grade upgrade down, and yeah. so this is a little bit different. I'm thinking more about who is the most like disappointing or uh, or exciting? So something that's uh, got a little bit more emotional, based on yeah. your personal expectations. And yeah. thanks a lot, guys.
3: Yeah, no problem, Tom. Thanks for the call, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, you want to go first? I know who comes to mind for me, but so what's he asking? Most disappoint- just most most exciting guy you've seen, and I guess most disappointing.
4: I mean, most disappointing. I would say Jalen Rager just because.
3: Yeah, not was not practicing. He
4: reported out of shape. He, I mean, he looks awful.
3: Oh, Oops. you think so? I've, I've I, I feel like, I've barely seen him. I mean, I see him at the beginning of camp, just hanging out. He's done some individual drills a little bit. Yeah,
4: he's done some individual drills. He doesn't look like he's close to my untrained eye. He doesn't look like he's close to going out there and being a playmaker. And they it's need
3: disappointing because he needs these reps. He needs these reps. I mean, this is a
4: big year for him. Yeah. And um, I thought, you know, I think Fogum, I mean, he's only practiced two days, but I think he's looked pretty good, uh, more consistent than than last year. But uh, again, it's very early. Um, but I, as far as the other side of the uh, of the coin, you know who's I thought this looked really good is Jordan Howard.
3: Yes, I agree really with that. surprised he's me. He looked quick.
4: He looks quick. He yeah. looks lean and fast and strong, and and he's a different kind of runner than all their other backs. Yeah, and I, I kind of thought he was just a an afterthought. Let's just bring him in here, do him a favor. Um, but you know he's he's kind of the inside runner on a on a team of. Kind of faster outside runners, receivers, mm-hmm. but he's a he's a inside runner, blocker, not a great receiver. He did have a catch yesterday.
3: He did. Yeah. And look, I to me, he's I thought Carry on Johnson was gonna be there like in the between the tackle guys. He's skinnier than I pictured him, Carry on. He's not as big physically. I mean, like Elijah Holyfield's probably their biggest running back, but I agree Jordan Howard's filled that role so far. He has been getting first team reps. I don't think Carry on Johnson's gotten a single carry. With the first team, to me, the guy that stands out, first name when he asked this, I think Tyree Jackson, the tight end, has had a great start to camp. He looks great, doesn't he? Well, first of all, physically, he's probably the best athlete on the team. Like, I mean, outside of speed and stuff, like, he's he's 6'1", 6'2". He looks like he's all solid muscle, long arms. He looks quick out there. He's caught almost everything thrown his way. And he's a former quarterback, which we know this team loves, right? They love putting former quarterbacks into new positions. He's learning the tight end position. But to me, like my hot take, I guess, off of three Did days, you say
4: six one or six two?
3: I think he is, right? He's probably way bigger than that actually. Tyree Jackson? Yeah. He's like six ten. Okay, yeah. Well maybe he just feels like you know, i like I'm not six, close seven. To six feet. Yeah. Well he's a he's a big dude. Agreed. But my take after three days, they can't cut this guy. Like, this is the guy you keep in the building to develop. This is exactly the type of young elite, elite-like athlete, Not I'm not going to say prospect or anything, but he's an elite athlete that you take to uh, to develop. I, I don't want to risk putting him through waivers at the end of it. I mean, you know, we have a long way to go. He's but. not
4: getting claimed. They're going to cut him. They're going to put him on the practice squad and developing. Nobody's going to claim him.
3: Well, look, Noah Tungi last year, who didn't turn into much yet, you know, he, they cut him and he got claimed. So I just – I wouldn't risk it, right? Like, I'm – uh, we'll see who the bottom of the roster guys are, but I'd rather make sure I have him and cut a veteran, you know, older guy, and then see if you get him back as opposed to losing him. But all right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four on the other side. I want to get back to talking about the offensive side of the ball. I can't believe we're you know almost forty five minutes in the show. We haven't talked about Devontae Smith. I want to talk to you about what I've seen from him, and I really want to get your opinion on how you think he's looked so far. So hop on two one five five nine two. Ninety four, ninety four. This is Go Birds Radio on Sports Radio ninety four, Sports Radio ninety four WIP, Go Birds Radio. I am Elliot Shore Parks here with my man Ruben Frank talking Somebody's to you guys. Somebody's
4: making chicken soup or something. Yeah, it
3: smells good. It does smell good. I, I got to get something before we head out to practice at five thirty. I mean, I got to be you know, I got to be feeling good, be full. I got to practice. I got to tack practice. So I got to make sure I'm uh, get a little something to eat before practice tonight. Day four of Eagles training camp. First three days have uh I think been pretty newsworthy, right? You said at the top of the show, I agree. A lot already happening with this team. They never uh it's never boring with the Eagles. Oh,
4: that's for sure. Uh I think it's been yeah, it's been positive so far.
3: Yeah. So I want to talk to you about uh Devontae Smith. Um obviously we talked Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts, but I would say probably the player people are most excited to hear about is Devontae Smith. Um I certainly have had a good first impression of him. You can really tell why he was so successful in college. I mean, you know, and I hate to compare him to to Jalen Rager, but if you just like look at the other young receivers they've had in here, he already looks so much more advanced, I think, than they than than uh than they have. He just he's so good off the line of scrimmage. Um, so much talk about his weight and how much he weighs. I don't think he looks small out there at all. Did would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree
4: with that. Um, he's 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 skinny, but he doesn't yeah. look. He doesn't look undersized.
3: Right. Like, when I saw Donnell Pumphrey for the first time, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's not even, I was like, let's yeah. not even have
4: him in the conversation.
3: Yeah, but uh, the, to me, Devontae does not look small. And, look, he's he's been good. I mean, he had, the obviously, the long touchdown where he beat Steven Nelson. Now, it was a 7-on-7, seven seven, so there was no pocket. But he won at the line of scrimmage, got down the field. The ball from Jalen Hurts must have been in the, the air, like 40, 45 yards. It was a great throw. He's been so he's been able to beat them deep I don't think his speed is talked about enough like he has great hands and he's a he's a, a very technical player but he's he's really quick as well what have your overall thoughts of him been so far
4: yeah like you said I think I've been impressed and uh, again he's he's getting good work with Slay yeah. uh, it's really fun to watch the two of them. Um, and he's not going to win that every time, but that's a good thing. It's great work, and I love seeing the two of them talk. Slay Slay will pull him aside after every rep and, and has a little, you know, some advice. And Slay said he's helping him. Yeah. And he said he's helping him as well. So um, he's, he's – you know, you think about it like Carson never had a young star receiver. He well, never, he had Jordan Matthews. He had so Jordan Matthews. Yeah. Like I said, Carson never had – Okay, all but, right. Uh, but in, in all seriousness, no, you're right. Yeah, and you know, and Jordan was in his third year. Jordan had one good year with with Carson, but um, he was never. I mean, I I like Jordan. He's a good player, and I'm I'm happy to see him get it. He just signed with the Forty ers yesterday. Yeah. Uh, Elliot wanted to do the entire show on Jordan. Yeah,
3: well, it seems appropriate. Look, him changing positions. I don't want to say he's a hero, but you know, it's impressive.
4: <laughs> but you know, you you look back. Donovan never had. I mean, by the time they drafted Deshaun, Donovan was in his tenth year. Yep. So Donovan never really had a young star receiver to grow with. Uh, Randall, you know, by the time Randall got here, Quick was like in his seventh year and he was – he had injury issues. Um, I, I just think it's so important for for a young quarterback to have that young receiver to grow with and have, you know, just kind of by year three they're just like taking over the league. And, and, and Jalen has that. And you could just see – and I, I know they played a little bit together in college, but it wasn't that much – but you can see that there's something special there with the two of them.
3: Well, he likes to look for him, as you mentioned. Yes, right? he does. He, I think he has. So far, he has. Uh, Devonte Smith has ten targets. He's caught seven of them. He has three touchdowns. What stood out to me is how they're using him. Like again, because of his size, you think, well, they might be a little hesitant to use him in certain ways. He had a running play yesterday. They ran some wide receiver screens for him. He's gotten a ton of targets in the red zone. Like I said, day one. They did a lot of red zone work, starters versus starters, and he had five targets. At one point, Jalen threw it to him three straight times, right? So they, they are not afraid to throw him the ball. I think he's going to get a lot of targets uh, this year. Let's go back to the phone lines, 215-592-9494. Hop on, ask us if there's any players you want to know about, anything. We can be your eyes and let you know what's been happening out there. But Let's go to the phone boards. We got William in South Philly. William, what's going on, man? Hey, what's William? up, Alex? Can you hear me? yes sir how you doing man thanks for calling in good man
6: yeah i'm actually a uh i'm actually a listener of go birds and uh eagle eye so uh wow, i'm a big fan go. of both of you which one do you yeah, like better william <laughs> i'm on. not gonna lie to you rube i'm a, i'm a go birds faithful there you go. Um, well, I, we, appreciate but, we appreciate it it's all good yeah but you know when there's no new go birds pod you know where i'm going to right away so <laughs> right. really appreciate um that. <laughs> yeah uh so i actually have a couple of things um I agree with Elliot when we need a veteran receiver. And yeah. I would, would you would you um, be monitoring the Devontae Adams situation closely if you're like Callie?
3: Well, yeah. I, I don't think they're going to trade Devontae Adams. I think now that Rodgers is back, there's almost no shot at all. They move him this year. But I do think veteran receiver is a huge need for this team because outside of Devontae Smith, who is higher, we, me and you, you, Rube, are both high on him. Like he's never even played an NFL game. And you look at the guys lining up next to him in practice. I, mean, I think their starters probably have a combined, like, I don't know, 30 catches in the NFL now that Greg Ward's not out there. So I think a veteran receiver is clearly a need. I think shooting for Devontae Adams, I like where you're at, you know, shooting for the moon there, but I think that's probably a little unrealistic.
4: I, I don't I want do, a veteran receiver it. because I like this group of young guys. With all due respect, William, I, I hear what you're saying, but I want to see Quez Watkins. I want to see John Hightower. I want to see Travis yeah. Uh I like these young guys, and, and I'd like to see them because if – I just they don't have a, they don't have enough money to get a really good mm-hmm. veteran receiver. Uh, I don't want anybody to block the young guys from playing this year. To me, this year isn't about having a veteran who could come in and catch fifty for seven hundred. It's about all the young guys getting as much work as possible with an impressive young quarterback.
6: Yeah, I I agree with that. But I don't know if you heard our Aaron Rodgers' press conference where he was basically like just absolutely destroying. Uh, uh, green Bay's front office yeah
3: um yeah, he doesn't seem to be a fan uh, of the front office there over in green Bay, you
6: know maybe for Devonte adams just think like i have one year left of aaron Rodgers. maybe i should get out of here while i can and um you know maybe. i i would I, I think i would give two first round picks for him i mean it kind of reminds me of the 2019 Jalen ramsey Aww.
3: situation uh, and two first round picks uh, two's a lot i would definitely give up one for him i mean look he's a best receiver i mean in the league. i mean if you think about it two was two was uh two was a lot
6: for uh um, the Rams at the time, but now they have a young lockdown cornerback. And I mean, you could go the other way. You have uh, a young, like, elite stud wide receiver for years to come.
3: Yeah, look, and uh, thanks for the call, William. Super appreciate it. Uh, I agree with mostly of what you're saying there in terms of playing the young guys. I do think getting Quez a lot of snaps makes sense. Rager, obviously, you know, he's going to have to play once he's ready. But my thing is just watching them out there. Like, Quez isn't practicing yet. has not been out there. So I don't want to take snaps from young guys. But I also need to have somebody out there that I know at least has a higher floor than some of these young guys do. Like, Fulgham played well last year, but who knows what he can be. We, Rager was not that great last year. Quez is only potential. So if I'm, if I'm Howie and I'm Jeffrey, and Howie said this week when asked about uh, evaluating Jalen Hurts that, like, you have to start with the players around him. Does he have a good offensive line? And part of that of seeing if Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts are good is giving them at least some competent talent at receiver to work with. So I like the young guys. I think it's maybe a risk worth taking, but that could backfire, and you could find yourself in Week Three with like no competent receivers besides Devontae Smith.
4: Well, I, I think that I mean with Rager, they've made a commitment to him, so they have to uh, at least well, he's this year. He has to play. Yeah, he, ha- he has to play. And uh, I, I'm high enough on Fogum, I think with. Better play calling and coaching, and and just—I uh, mean,
3: last year it's just, just being allowed out on the field. Yeah, yeah
4: I, I, mean, I, I think he's going to be pretty. I think he's—I mean, look, it's two days without pads. He's looked fine. Um, I saw enough in those five games where he—there's uh, something there. Yeah, and and I like Quez. I think Quez is going to have a chance to be a player. Uh, we know what Greg Ward can do. I, I don't want to block these guys.
3: And I see that. I really do. And to your point, they don't have a ton of money at this point and maybe it's not worth going out and spending $2 million on a guy that might not even be that good. You look at the available players. Kenny Stills has had success, but he, you know, he's not been good recently. The uh, Golden Tate, we all saw how he worked out in Philly. So there's not a ton of hey, great – Fourth <laughs> down in Chicago. Yeah, huge catch. Nick Foles left the field with the lead that time too, right? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, all right, on the other side, I want to get into – as we always do, it seems to, the former quarterback. Big news in Indianapolis out of what's going on with Carson Wentz. There was an update, and, uh, you know, we'll see how this goes with the Eagles. So, Go Birds Radio, this is Sports Radio 94 WIP.
4: Hey, the Park Sportsbook is the official – The Park Sportsbook is the official sportsbook partner of the real sports fan. Golf is in full swing. Bet on it all. Baseball, golf, MMA – and lots more. Live in-game play-by-play betting lets you bet while you watch the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in Pennsylvania and the only one I recommend. Bet the money line as it changes during the game on the Parks sportsbook app and bet on individual player performances as they happen. Baseball, bet hits, homers, pitcher strikeouts, every inning. Golf, bet on match winners, bet on leaders after various rounds and lots more. You can always bet On spreads, parlays, props, teasers, and over-unders. New customers, sign up right now and get your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or click parkscasino.com forward slash PA. And now use this promo code. Write this down. Go Birds! Your risk-free bet is refunded in site credit. The website has all the details.
3: sports radio 94 wip go birds radio today as we uh Elliot shore parks here with rube ruben frank got eagles practice tonight had eagles practice yesterday fourth straight day of practice and uh look i think it's going to be a long time until we're not talking about this guy but today certainly newsworthy the eagles old quarterback carson wentz making some news already uh Looks like he suffered a foot injury in practice. I guess it happened Thursday. It would have happened at the end of practice. Um, felt something in his foot at the end of the practice. Missed the last drill. Came in the next day. And now it looks like he could be out for quite a while. They're having him look at foot foot specialists. And uh, clearly this is very newsworthy for the Eagles.
4: Yeah. Now the good news is it's not considered uh, season-ending.
3: The fact they're even talking about it, like I that can't. Probably. I mean,
4: I think it was their their it was their fourth day. I think they started a couple days earlier than the Eagles. But can he? Can they still? You know, hit hit the the seventy five percent. Yeah. If he misses four games, I mean, we still have a, you know five six weeks before the season. So even if he misses ten weeks, he could still, in theory, play thirteen games play more than 3 quarters of the season if he doesn't get hurt again mm-hmm. and and knock out that 75%. But you, you just wonder some players just can't stay healthy. Yeah. And he sure looks like one of them. In mean, 17 it was the knee and 18 it was the back and 19 it was the concussion. Last year he stayed healthy and got benched. Well, and uh, then in and college too. In he college too. Uh, so and now he's got a and now he's got a serious foot injury. Uh Mike Silver reported that Carson heard something pop. Yes, which is never good. Nope, uh, never good to hear something pop, and you you just wonder if he's ever going to be able to stay healthy. And you know, I I mean, I was in favor of them moving on from him. I think you were as well. But I don't wish ill. I don't wish anybody yeah, to get hurt. You don't hurt. want to see him hurt. I don't wish Definitely anyone to not. get hurt. Uh, so, um, it's not like I'm happy. I'm.
3: I was you excited know, to see him play in Indianapolis. I was too. See, and see how, he, how he would play. I didn't think he was going to be very good, but I was at least excited to see how he was going to do.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, he was always good to me. I like him personally. He's a, You know, he's a, a nice guy, uh, but I can't say I'm surprised because he's just always gets hurt. And yeah. Uh, if if he does come back, then what you just ask yourself, what's next? I mean, it's been a back, a knee, a foot, and he's not a young kid anymore. Was he 28 now?
3: I think he'll be 30 at the end of this year, actually. I think, or at least at the end of the year. I could be wrong. I think I know he's closer to it. I okay. mean, he came out late from North Dakota. It wasn't like, he, you know, I mean, out of out of high school, he wasn't even a prospect. So he was definitely in college for quite a bit. But my, my takeaway from this, and obviously you, you referenced it, and for the Eagles, it has clear implications. If he doesn't play, I think it's 70% of the snaps or 75 and they make the playoffs, something like that then they, the second round pick it doesn't turn into a first round pick and then the Eagles next year would have two first round picks and two seconds as opposed to three ones and a second so there is draft implications for this i'd also say that if you're someone out there who doesn't want them to trade for deshaun watson this is good news because now the eagles don't have as much draft capital to trade for deshaun watson so uh, that that pick the colts pick if they were offering that up for for deshaun doesn't look as attractive as it did it did a week ago so that that's certainly part of it but I think the bigger takeaway fans should have here is not about the draft pick because ultimately, yes, you'd rather have a first than a second. But this is the, – the clear takeaway is trading him was the right move. Like, forget the draft capital. The Eagles – like, Carson did two great things for this organization. He helped them win the Super Bowl in 2017, and he asked out. Like, those are the two things that he did to help the Eagles because the fact that they were able to move on from him, as you mentioned – he is injury prone. This is going to happen, right? I mean, l- reading these tweets yesterday and seeing how the Colts writers are covering it, it was like deja vu for me, right? Like he does get hurt a lot. And you said it, and you said it perfectly, right? Like, we don't wish ill will. You don't want to see these guys get hurt, but it's it's just a reality of it. Like you have to be able to rely on your quarterback to be out there every week. It's really hard to win if you're constantly going to your backup. The Eagles, well, I guess they have not found it because they've been better with the backup. But but regardless, the point is, the, it, the Eagles are better off with Carson. Not here, flat out. Like, flat out, they are better with Jalen Hurts than they are with Carson Wentz.
4: When when this whole thing started uh, and and it looked like he didn't want to be back, I, I thought the Eagles would be best served by trying to work with him, trying to bring him back, trying to make him happy. I mean, they gave him all this money. You know, they have this, this dead money that's just killing their cap because of it. Uh, it just made sense to me to try to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him play at a high level. I, I've seen him... Um, you know, I mean, even in 18 and 19, he had stretches where he was really, really good. Uh, and I, I thought last year, everybody on the offense was bad. You know, it was just, it was a train wreck. Doug was a train wreck. O-line, injuries, yeah. Carson, the running game, turnovers, the receiver, everything. So I, I really believe that they could kind of re, I, I really believe they could make it work. But with each passing week and Carson got more and more you know, adamant about not wanting to be here, then you're like, why Why should they work that hard to yeah. keep a guy who doesn't want to be here for reasons I still don't understand? Like, what exactly – what crime did they commit against Carson Wentz? I never got well, it.
3: Well, the silliest part is not, not to interject, but they gave him a contract that, let's be honest, he didn't really, like, super deserve at that point, right? I mean, he was not worthy of being a top-five paid quarterback, let alone the most – uh, you know the highest paid quarterback in the league. So the Eagles did a lot for Carson. They gave him that deal. They went up and took him at number two. And if his, the reason he wants out is because they missed on draft picks trying to help him, and they took Jalen Hurts. To me, look, I, if a if a player takes his career into his own hands, I'm not going to fault that. You only get so many years. If you think he's better off in Indianapolis, you know what? More power to him. But the Eagles are better off without him here.
4: Yeah, the last thing you need as a team is a guy that does want to be here. I think right now, other than Hurts, I mean, everybody wants to be here and. It's a good place to be. It, I I, th- I think it's pretty clear now. Um, if it wasn't in December and January, it's pretty clear they did the right thing. As disappointing as it is,
3: yeah, yeah. So I think the Eagles win more games than the Colts this year. Yeah, I'm I, I'm I find it hard
4: to disagree with that. I, because again, if if even if he does play, I don't even know who their backup is.
3: Someone named Eason, Jason Eason. Tony
4: Eason making a comeback. Um, I I, don't. Yeah, I mean, I I think I mean, they have some talent. They they, they do have some schedule. Too. They do have some good players. They do have a tough, tougher schedule than the Eagles. Uh, it'll be interesting to follow that uh, as an Eagles fan. You just have to hope he's back soon enough to to get those snaps. But he's really bad. So that first round pick becomes yeah. a better pick. Well, and, and there's a chance of that. that. That could be a pretty good pick.
3: It could be. I mean, it's going to be picking before the Eagles, in my opinion. Because
4: but- they could be 0-4. Like, say he comes back week five. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect scenario for Eagles fans because then you have a chance to get to 75%. But also, they could be 0-4 at yeah. that point with Tony Eason's kid brother, whoever's <laughs> starting for them. You know, Paul Justin. I don't know who it is. Yeah. Uh, so, if they're 0-4... That first round pick now. If it is a first round pick, it's getting better and better. So uh,
3: I can hear it already. He's gonna miss training camp and then he's gonna come back in week four or five. He's not gonna play that well. And it's gonna be, well, you know, he did miss training camp. You know, that was a big deal, and then next season they'll open it and it'll be look, he's gonna have a full camp this year. I just don't think you can win consistently with Carson as your quarterback. We'll see if you can with Jalen or not. Who knows? But I would bet moving forward, who's gonna have more wins as a starting quarterback? I would take Jalen over Carson. Two one five, five nine two. Ninety four, ninety four. Let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to our man, another Go Birds uh, legend here, Dave in New Mexico. Dave, what's going on, man?
7: Gentlemen, how you doing? What hey,
3: up? Dave. What up?
7: What's happening? It's football season and it's time to hit somebody. And Dallas sucks. <laughs> okay, there it is. <laughs> two things I want to know. Well, two players I actually want to know your opinion about. One is uh, the middle linebacker. Uh, is it is it Davison?
3: uh david there's davion taylor there's eric davion Gerson. taylor okay davion
7: yeah, taylor, davion, yeah. davion taylor and i'm glad to to, to hear that uh, joshua is actually starting on that yeah. defensive line for, I, for I, now I, I, think, I, I mean they're
4: going to rotate we'll, we'll see what happens but yeah
7: yeah but i think joshua has a huge huge upside and and, and you're right Elliot. what you said about the coaching staff um favoring the older players and not giving the young guys a look. And that's the reason why we have so many questions about it is mean, because they had potential. They flashed it and weren't allowed to, they weren't allowed to grow. Mm-hmm. So you never know what you have. So now you've got question marks coming with these guys, but they're hungry. And I think that um, with the new approach, they're playing with house money. I mean, they can play loose. There's not a whole lot of pressure on these guys. The division is horrible. So they can go in and basically just let it rip. And uh, yeah. I think if they do that, and, and Jalen Hurts is the man that I think he is, this is going to be a pretty good season. I got a good, a good feeling about this, and we're going to win the division. I can see that right now because Dallas is horrible. Washington isn't scaring anybody. And I think the signing of Ryan Kerrigan for that defense uh, is underrated, but I think it's going to be really, really important, especially if he plays the same role that uh, Long played when they won the Super Bowl. So yeah. I'll sit back and let you
4: guys listen,
3: My and
7: uh, you guys be safe and blessed.
3: I appreciate it, Dave. Thanks for calling in. Um, Davion Taylor, what have you thought of him so far?
4: Pretty athletic, pretty active. Yeah, yeah. I like what I've seen from him. Uh, again, it's you, you got to clarify everything with, you know, it's it's, three days. It's three yeah. days, yep. and they're All not that. in pads yet. But um, he's a guy I would have liked to have seen more of last year. Uh, I guess they thought he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like what I've seen. Uh, he, he seems to be active. He's around the ball. Yeah, and and I'm looking forward to seeing him when, uh, you know, when things get real.
3: What stood out to me, and you're exactly right. After three practices, I also think. And I'll be interested for your opinion on this. Having covered, you know, a lot of training camps, I think there's certain positions that are harder to grade when you're watching than others. I think linebacker is one of the more tougher positions to get a read on. There's no pads. Uh, it's just a tough one to watch live when you're you're down there. So, but but what stood out to me about Davion Taylor is that. When they were in 7-on-7s seven and they were first-team defense, he was out there. I think they are going to try to use him this year as more of a coverage linebacker. He is a bit undersized, I believe. I don't I mean, he's not like Sean Bradley, the Temple product's a bit bigger. I think you're going to see him in there more against the run. Uh, TJ Edwards will be in there against the run. But as we know, I mean, because Eagles have two of them right now, a lot of tight ends in this league, like you need athletic linebackers. And I think Davey on – they view him and they're trying to get him into those situations by putting him into seven on sevens where you're only covering, there's not going to be any running plays, getting him those reps as a coverage linebacker.
4: Yeah. And he, he's got the speed and athleticism to do it. So uh, those, those are matchups you really, I mean, those are really valuable reps for him. So he already looks better than he did last year, but I I wish he played more last year, but uh, it would have helped him now. But um, you know he's he's certainly an intriguing guy, and and like I said earlier, their best their best defensive players are you know you look at BG and Fletcher and Slay, uh, you know, Carrigan. I mean these are all guys in their thirties. They need guys like Davion Taylor and and Kayvon Wallace, Josh Sweat uh, to to be forces in this league, to be better than average players. Just kind of guys rolling through, and then they get more guys. Rolling. They need them to be uh, to, to really shine and you know a few of these guys so uh, he's he's one who's got a chance
3: did you look up Carson's age by the way he's 28 he's 28 now okay so he'll be 29 at the end of the year December 30 December. same
4: birthday as my mom
3: there you go important day in the Reuben household Frank.
4: and she's she's got three fewer career postseason passing yards
3: I'd rather have her as my quarterback I can tell you that uh, <laughs> tell you that right now quick quarterback question actually uh you know I think it's one of the biggest questions around the team Deshaun Watson where are you at with it? Would you would you trade for him? Would you stick with Jalen? What's your uh, What's your thoughts? Well, on I
4: wouldn't that? do anything until first of all, I wouldn't do anything until all the legal stuff is. I, I I'm there's just too many questions right yeah. now to even think about it. F- for me, Jalen Hurts is my quarterback this year. Yep, and I want to see as much of him as possible. I want to see. Uh, I I want to see a full season, and after that, see who's available. If, if you need to, uh, go you know give him a long term deal if you need to do that. Uh, I I want to see him play. I don't want to give away three first-round picks when I have a quarterback who might be pretty good.
3: Yeah, I agree. I I think giving Jalen a chance this year, you know, there's going to be other quarterbacks available. Deshaun Watson is is very talented, but I'm not trading almost anything, honestly, for a guy that has so many question marks. And it's not just off the field stuff, which is certainly a huge part of this, but he is on a max deal. He has torn his ACL twice. I, I just think... There's so many risks there with trading for Deshaun Watson, so I think we're in the uh, in the same camp. There, two one five five. Well, from
4: a football standpoint, I mean the guys.
3: He's good. I agree. No,
4: he's better than good.
3: He's very I mean, yeah. Well, he's very good. Like he's definitely a talented quarterback. But look, like talent doesn't always win out. I think we saw that with Carson. Carson was talented in 2017. Then he got injured. Then there was the Foles fiasco for him. At least, obviously, for the city, it was a great thing. And you can't compare situations to situations, but like ultimately being the most talented player does not guarantee you success in the NFL. So many other things factor into that. Like is Deshaun Watson more talented than Jalen Hurts? Probably. Yeah. No,
4: like, definitely.
3: I, I think I think Jalen is very good. And I so but regardless, yes, at this point, Deshaun Watson, you'd have to say is more talented. But Jalen doesn't have any off-the-field question marks. Jalen's not on a max deal. Jalen has no injury history. Yeah, but
4: you said just football-wise.
3: But but my point is, though, like, those things matter. To Deshaun Watson is a
4: better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, and I like Jalen Hurts.
3: I'm not disputing you on that, but my point is, in terms of having success moving forward, there is a lot going against Deshaun Watson, despite his talent. Well, there are not those things going against Jalen.
4: And that's true, and I would rather have Jalen Hurts in three first-round picks than Deshaun Watson.
3: Right, so that's what I'm saying. Because you
4: could do so much with those picks.
3: Right. If if Jalen can just be a top fifteen guy, and then you have look, and it looks like it might not be three first round picks, but regardless, you have four picks in the first two rounds next year. You could th- this team's fortune could change like that. If if Jalen is just like a top fifteen, top twenty guy this year, you show he shows signs of improvement, and then next year you keep the picks and you keep him. Like this team's gonna have a lot of young talent on it, which is something they don't have right now. Let's go back to the boards. We're gonna go to Clay in Kansas City. Clay, what's going on, man? Hey guys, what's up? How's Rube, it going, Hey, you're the reason I stay on Twitter, Rube. You're the uh, best follow-up. I appreciate
4: there. that, Clay. Surprised hey, you
3: didn't uh, block
8: so, him, man.
4: Yeah, sorry hey, I blocked so, you. <laughs> uh,
8: no, no. So, hey, uh, one real quick thing. Hey, nobody's talking about that last that game of the season now, are they? I knew that would go away eventually. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But, that whole thing yeah, was completely so, ridiculous. Hey, one real quick thing before I get on to the birds. Um, And I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist, but, you know, could would they think about just holding Carson out to get to where, to where – the talk is not during the season about this percentage of, of plays. I mean, I, I know that sounds crazy, but maybe you know, that's I mean, going to be a lot of the talk.
4: Would the Colts, so, do well, look, hold, not play? I think, think
3: what he's saying is, let's say Carson misses I, I, I three weeks, crazy, they hold. Him I know that sounds crazy.
4: Oh, hold but, him out I mean, until there's no chance to now because they think they. I mean, they think they have a chance to win a lot of games this year. They think they have a chance to be I, a, a I know, Super Bowl why team. I think it's
8: a, kind of crazy, but. Crazier things have happened in yeah, NFL. Yeah, Clay, I'm actually a little roof. more on your that. side
3: with this. If, if you Let's say he's healthy and ready to go week four, but you know if he plays week five, your quarterback's playing well, and you put him in week five, and then you never have to think about the snap percentage yeah. again. I, I don't know. I think they'd like to get on the other side of that issue. So I mean, if they're Owen they-
4: – if they're 0-4 and, and he's still, you know, I, I, I could see holding him out a couple yeah. more weeks.
3: Well, let's be real here, guys. We all know whoever that backup is is going to play phenomenally when Carson's not on the field. It's going to be Foles. Like, yeah. You know
4: they're going to go get Foles. I wish, and they're going to win the uh, Super Bowl. Probably. I
3: wish someone in that organization <laughs> would be brave enough to say Foles is the obvious answer here. He's played for yeah. Frank Reich. Cool. He's a third stringer in Chicago. It's the obvious answer for him. Get him cheap. Yeah.
8: So so pivoting to the Eagles though. Carson real quick. might so one,
4: he might leave the country.
3: Yeah, he'd have to retire if that happened.
8: <laughs> the the one thing I really like about Devontae Smith that doesn't get mentioned is yep. is look at who he went up against day in and day out in practice.
3: Mm-hmm.
8: I mean, that's the thing about Alabama and SEC players like LSU kids and stuff that people never talk about is Devontae Smith was facing an NFL cornerback in practice almost every day. I mean, yeah. and that that's iron sharpens iron, you know. Um I'm with you totally, Rube, on the, uh, on the young receivers. I want to. This is almost like a mulligan year. I mean, unless Nick just totally looks like he's overmatched. I mean, you know, let's see what we have. Let's see what we have in Jalen Hurts. I don't want to trade for Deshaun Watson. If Jalen Hurts is a top-15 quarterback, this team could get really good really fast. I yeah. mean, that's what
0: yep.
8: – and, and one last thing, and then I'll listen off the air. Um, I think I read a, about a month ago that the injuries this team had on the offensive line last year – I mean, like, it was, like, the most in documented NFL history. I mean, I I don't feel – I feel bad a little bit for Carson because who could have possibly won behind what went on last year? I mean, you know, we were playing four stringers on the offensive line, you know? And I think this year the whole key to this team is does the offensive line stay healthy? And if they do, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, but they could definitely win the division because I think their running game, especially because Hurts is so effective you know, on that keeper um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, threatening the
3: edge, they could have the best running game in the NFL. That that may sound crazy, but I I think it's possible. Well, look, Clay, great points, man. Super appreciate you calling in. Good stuff, Clay. I do think having Jalen Hurts is going to help the running game too, right? And with the if the offensive line is healthy, uh, Miles Sanders has shown he can be one of the more explosive backs in in the league, I I could definitely see their running game being really good. I
4: like this group of runners, and I like the fact that they're – other than Jordan Howard, they're all good receivers. Whether it's carry on or yeah. or uh, Gainwell, Boston Scott, we know can catch the ball. Miles, as a rookie, caught the ball really well. Um, so they're versatile. Uh, it, it's an interesting group, and I'm guessing that Nick is going to run the ball. Man, I would say five to seven times per game really? more than Doug.
3: See, I'm a, I'm more skeptical of that. I just think as long as Jeffrey Oney, uh, Jeff <laughs> Jeffrey Lurie is the owner. You're never going to see a head coach run the ball that much. I just, it's what, it's what Lurie believes. in. I, and I agree with them. I, I don't want to see this team run the ball more. I want to see them throw the ball. That's how you win in the NFL.
4: I agree, but you can, you can still be 68 32 and run it a lot more than yeah, Doug did. That's true. Doug was so out of whack and I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm that's, that's how you win in the NFL. You throw the ball, uh, but you have a young quarterback who's still finding his way and uh, a running game is young quarterback's best friend. And, I'm not saying run it 35 times a game, but run it enough to keep defenses off balance, run it enough uh, to, to let the offensive line have a chance against the rush. Uh, and, and Doug didn't do that.
3: Yeah, I agree. I, and this is a bit of a cop.
4: And the fact that they, I mean, they went out and drafted Gainwell. Yep. They signed Carryon Johnson. They re-signed Jordan Howard. Um, that tells you that they're taking the running game seriously. Well, they
3: have eight running backs on the roster right now, which you know those five
4: plus what Killins,
3: yeah, Killins, uh, Holyfield, um, Holyfield's, still Holyfield's still here. Yeah, so they have they have eight running backs in camp right now. Where where I do think you'll see more involvement of the running backs. So, and I think it's a great point by you that they've clearly invested in the position. I think you're just going to see them more involved in the passing game too. And sometimes screens are essentially running plays, yeah. right? So, but I, I think the running backs are going to be incredibly involved. I just remain skeptical that it's going to actually be through the running game with Lurie here. I just think Lurie, we we can debate how involved he should be, but the reality is he is involved and he believes in throwing the ball and Nick Sirianni wouldn't have been hired if he was going to come in here and, you know, be 60-40 or, you know, 55-45. Well,
4: they're not going to be 55-45, but, I mean, you look at the Super Bowl season and that was the most they ran the ball. And and they got Jeff uh, Lombardi for his trophy case. So, yeah. Uh, you know, one. I mean, uh, how, you look at that Super Bowl. How many yards did Corey Clement, J. A. and Legarrette Blunt total in that game? Like 240. Yep. Now so, some of
3: it passing, but you're right, they ran. No, the but ball I'm, big, I'm not. Yeah.
4: I'm not saying carries. I'm saying touches. getting oh, the, yes. getting the backs yes. involved. I don't care how it is, because when you're looking at at Jalen Hurts, I mean, he, if he can get the ball to receipt to, to running backs in the, you know, I mean, that's this is what Nick's offense is. It's it's quick, short. High percentage throws and let these guys make plays, and that's why they have these backs.
3: And that's where really Miles Sanders took a step back last year. It wasn't in his yards per carry. It really wasn't on the ground. It was Carson couldn't hit him in the flat, and and Miles holds responsibility there too. He did have some drops, but if you can get Miles Sanders back up to five six hundred yards receiving like he had his rookie year, then the the passing game and you know Miles Sanders with himself is going to be a lot more uh, a bigger weapon on this team. All right, two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Gonna take a short break. But we got Rick, JB, and Chris. I see we're going to get to you on the other side. This is Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Elliot Shore Parks here with uh, Ruben Frank. Day four of Eagles training camp. First preseason game is not that far. What are we, two weeks out? Week and a half? Something like that?
4: Yeah, a week from Thursday.
3: Week from Thursday, yeah. So only three this year. I love preseason games. I'm I'm in the minority of it. To me, it's like, why want less games? Like these people that are saying, like, oh, just cancel the preseason. Why would you want to have fewer football games? Like, what what what's the benefit there?
4: Yeah, I'm with you. I guess besides I, the players, I health. love watching the young players. Yep. How, how do they respond to this? Because everyone looks good in training camp for the most part, and I want to see how they how they perform against other teams. And when the when there's people in the stands, which we'll have this year finally, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I love them.
3: Yeah, and I think the other thing. We started the show talking about how I think Nick Sirianni's having a good training camp so far. I like what I've seen from him. I like that they're practicing with two teams. I think the the joint training camp practices to me are the best practices you can get. I think you get the best work in. You can evaluate the best. You're seeing different schemes. I know they work with each other to a certain extent, but I think the, the fact Eagles are going to practice against the Patriots and the Jets is a very good thing in preparing them for week one.
4: A lot of rookie coaches don't like to do them because yeah. they, they just yeah. want to put in uh, their own thing mm-hmm. the first year. They just want to worry about let's get everything installed and when these guys know, know the offense and the defense better, like in year two, we'll do joint practices. But what I like about it is that it's it's controlled. You can If you want to work on goal line, you know, if, if you play a preseason game, you might not got a rep in goal line. Yeah. But if you're in practice, both coaches agree we're going to do 12 reps at goal line, Uh, you know, each way with the ones against the other ones. So – you can control exactly what you work on, and I just think it's good work for people to, you know, by, by week three at camp, you know everything about the guy you've been going against. Yep. You know all their tendencies, what they like to do, what their strengths and weaknesses are, and you can, you, know, you can kind of take advantage of that. Now you're going to see guys who you don't know, and what do they have, and how can they challenge me? So I, I think it's good work. Uh, looking forward to it. And the Jets practices are open, by the way. So,
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, Eagles
4: right. fans can go up there. You can't watch the Eagles practice in Philly. You can watch them in Florham Park, Morris County.
3: Make it Lehigh. Gotta I wish. Yeah.
4: I've always thought they should have a couple practices a year at Lehigh.
3: Yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe a
4: couple like of that. Westchester, a couple of Lehigh. But I guess logistically it's just too hard to move everything up there for yeah. a couple days.
3: Yeah, look, I I only covered the team. I was an intern for uh, Gary Cobb for a few years during. Uh, you still are, right? Yeah, I still am. Yeah, we're all we're all Gary's inter- interns. But um, no, I so I was only up at Lehigh for I think two years, like on and off, and it was awesome. Like one of my memories of Lehigh is they would all come and they would report to uh you know the the dorm rooms right, and we would all hang out there, and someone would you'd see a car and you'd run to it and you would see who comes out of it, and I remember I was hanging around a little a little longer one time and I see this guy walking, and he's, like, tall, and I was, I'm assuming he's a player. Plus, at that point, it's mostly players. He's got this, like, long hair. I'm like, who could this possibly be? It was Nick Foles, just, like, walking around trying to figure out where he was going. And I think that was one of the cool parts about Lehigh was that you could really just get access to these guys way easier. You could get to know them better. And I didn't get to do it like you did because I was not full-time. But that is, you know, and obviously with COVID going on right now, it's different. You don't get as much access. But – that was one of the best parts about training camp, you know, just even just the autographs for fans you, they're, and the Eagles are doing their best this year to still make that happen. But, you know, training camp is just, it's very different than it was back at Lehigh.
4: Yeah. People are probably sick of me talking about Lehigh and Westchester, but I, I loved every minute of it. I, I think I only missed two practices in 17 years at Lehigh because I just loved being up there for yeah. the day and, and seeing like big time football settle into small town America yep. was, was it, it's a, it's a, it's a lost part of uh, of football, and there's still a few teams that do it, but in the next few years they'll all be gone because, you know, the facilities are so nice now, but, you know, just seeing the little kids carrying the helmets and the pads and, yeah. and, and all that. And like you said, I I, I wrote about this. I wrote my, my 10 favorite memories of Lehigh the other day. It's up on our site, NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. And I'll never forget the Eagles had a game in um, in Canton, Ohio. They had played the Hall of Fame game out there in – I think it was in 05 – And by then, Doc was, you know, we were starting to think maybe Doc had a shot at the Hall of Fame. So after practice, it was the day before they were flying out to Canton to play in the Hall of Fame game. And I wanted to ask him about going out there and if it had any extra special meaning for him. But he was signing autographs after practice for 10 minutes, 15, 20. He was out there for 45 minutes. And I waited and I waited and I waited. And I stood there. I was the only person left at the field's. All the writers are gone. All the coaches are gone. PR, everyone was gone, and I was just standing there waiting for Brian Dawkins. And now I'm thinking he's got to go. He's got to go to get treatment. Yeah. Go to meetings, and he come and he sees me, and he and he walks over to me finally. And it's you know it's like 106 degrees. I'm the only person out there. I said, Doc, I, I wanted to talk to you about the Hall of Fame. I, I know you don't have a lot of time, but can I get like one quick quote? Forty minutes later, he was still talking wow. like wow. about how much it meant to him to be going to the Hall of Fame and how. He doesn't play the game for individual honors, but that's one that he would, you know, he would value. And, you know, and then 10 years later there, I wasn't in in Canton watching him go in the Hall of Fame. So you don't get that anymore and you don't get those relationships. You don't get to tell the player stories like we used to. And that's that's the real sad thing to me is not being able to share those stories with the people that read our stuff. And, well, and we just can't do it anymore.
3: That's a different part, too, for me. I mean, I'm entering my ninth year, so I'm certainly not y- young at doing this. But I've never, you know, really experienced kind of the world you're talking about, right? And it is – even now, like I said, with the COVID stuff, I mean, the fact that last year – and who knows if it even happens if, you know, we're not going through all this. But the fact that in a year like that none of us could be in the locker room, you just don't really get to get the same vibe of the team, right? I mean, up in Lehigh, like I've heard you say – you would be out to eat and you would just run into these guys and you could talk to them. You would drive them, you know, back to practice sometimes. So it was certainly a different world, but uh, look, I still love training camp. It's my favorite time of the year. I love watching them practice. I love watching all the players, uh, the camp battles and all that. So still a great time, but yeah, Lehigh certainly was uh, amazing, at least from my experiences up there. Let's go back to the phone boards. We got Rick in South Carolina, Rick, what's going on, my man.
9: Hey, good afternoon, gentlemen. How are I'm you doing? What up? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Pleasure to speak with you for the first time, Mr. Frank.
4: Hey, you too. What's going on?
9: Um, you guys, uh, you, so your last two uh, bits there is, it, it, it's, um, first of all, Lehigh. I, uh, I've only been to one Eagles training camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went. To, I remember it was the year before they got T.O. Um, and a couple of memories about going to Lehigh uh, to see training camp. Uh, one, one, I took in, I was really excited. I took in a camcorder. I thought, well, oh, this is cool. I'll be so close. I can film some stuff, you know, show my friends. Uh, and, and uh, it, was, it didn't take long for them to tell me I, I yeah, couldn't I was gonna bring say, that in. Yeah, I was going to say, I can't imagine they would yeah. want
3: you. Now you can't even, yeah. like, have your cell phone out for portions of practice. We have to, to close really our right. eyes during some drills. That's you know, by, by choice, though. At yeah. <laughs> it,
9: it, was, it, it was interesting. I, I, you know, no problem. I didn't argue. I, I took it back to the car, came back. It was fine. Uh, my other memory about that, I was down, you know, near the chain link fence there, and, and uh, Trey Thomas walked by, uh, you know, pads on and everything, I I thought to myself, that's that's the biggest uh, biggest human I've ever seen in my life, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway. yeah, no, up in person.
3: Um, I mean, look, when I first started, and you just see these guys. And for anyone that's been to a camp, and I will say at the Nova here now, while it's not open, which so you can't have as many people, I do think it's a good fan experience if you get to go. Like you're right up on the sideline, and just seeing how big and athletic these guys are in person, right. it is it is wild for someone that's never done it or had the chance to right.
9: It. Right.
4: So, uh now, I remember line, my I... first training camp and there's Reggie White, like who like he was I, in in my mind he's like 7 9, yep. you know, 500 pounds of sheer, you know, muscle. Yeah.
9: yeah. Hey, um personal wise, I think the team should be better on both sides given the moves, mm-hmm. free agency, trades, draft whatever. Uh assuming health coaching development. Um on the offense, I wanted to talk about that briefly and you were actually you were just on this topic. I, I read an article, if it's okay a reference, it was, uh, it was a Bleeding Green Nation article uh, yeah. by Seamus Clancy talking about running 21 personnel, some lack of success with the 12. Yeah. And uh, it seems like they're well-suited, You and you all were just pointing this out with the, the running back depth. Uh, I remember last year it was really windy in Buffalo, so they, they were run heavy with uh, Howard and Sanders, and they had some success. You know, Boston, That was two years started, ago. Like, yeah, yeah. Was it two years? Okay. Yeah, yeah okay. COVID messed me up with the year there, so – uh boston scott is like scrolls you know gainwell has a lot of pass pass catching skills uh i read where he basically kept antonio gibson on the bench in college mm-hmm. so um you carry on you mentioned so I, i'll be interested to tell you if you've seen any trends towards that or if you will and it's only three days in if you will uh see if they're doing some more of that uh on, you know in the practice field yeah uh,
3: look and rick yeah. th- thanks for the call man super appreciate it um I do think you've seen the running backs get quite a bit of targets in practice. Gainwell's gotten a few. I think Miles Sanders already has five in in a few practices. Um, Boston Scott, you know, that is one of the big things for one of my big takeaways from the first few days is I think coming into camp, I would have said, "Look, Boston's on on the bubble. Like yeah. I don't know if he's definitely going to make the team, but after three days, I think he's pretty clearly running back number two on this
4: team." How many targets does he have?
3: I would I mean, look it up, but it's got to be you know five, six, seven, something. Yeah, like
4: he that. he's and he catches the ball well. Um he's a really versatile player. He's a really good goal line runner. You know, yep. he's one of I think he's one of the better short yardage goal line because he he's got such a low, you know, he he, he, he you can't even see him. Nope. And he's got such great balance and vision. He
3: does uh, have great vision. You can really see that for a yeah. smaller guy. He really is good at getting to the edge and then finding that that lane there.
4: Yeah, and and a good receiver so and he's a good blocker, um physical guy. I like Boston Scott. I think he's a valuable guy. He'll never be I'll never be an every down kind of player, but I, I want him on my team.
3: I do, I just don't. And think he's this team... and he's a
4: heck of a security guard, as we yes, learned yesterday. We saw that yesterday. He was hilarious. Yeah,
3: yeah, they got good guys on this team. But uh, to your point about him not being a every down back, I just don't think that's what the Eagles want. Like, sure. and you know, Miles Sanders, I think could do it if if they had to. But you know, he's had some injury concerns, and I and I think it's smart. I don't think you should put all your you know all your eggs into one basket. Look at the Giants, right? Saquon goes down, and then all of a sudden. You know, what do you do on offense? So I think the fact that they don't have a number one three-down back is a huge deal because I like the depth that they have there, and they all have different skill sets, and I think that opens, opens things up for Nick Sirianni.
4: Yeah, I would agree. I, I think Miles is close to being that guy. Well, he guy. could
3: do it. I just don't think they want him to is my point. Yeah, I
4: think we'll see all the backs involved in different ways, and I think that makes them a more dangerous offense.
3: Yeah. All right, well, look, look, we're going to get to the other side here, take a super quick break, and uh, I want to ask after three days just if the Eagles have been better or worse than you thought. And I know it's a quick takeoff of only three practices, but I'm interested to see what you think because I know where I stand on that. And uh, if you have an opinion, if the, you know, we have one more segment you can get in, ask us a question about a player you want to know about. 215-592-9494. Elliott Shore Parks, Ruben Frank. This is Sports Radio 94 WIP. Before we get to the break, of course, and I can't believe I forgot this because I was probably about to open it and look at it it on my phone. The Park Sportsbook, as we know, it's the official sportsbook partner of the Real Sports Fan. Golf is in full swing. You can bet on it all. You can bet on baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Live in game play by play betting. It allows you to bet while you watch. While you're sitting there watching the game, you can place a bet. And it's the only sportsbook app backed by the number one casino in pennsylvania and the only one i recommend to my friends to the pod listeners anyone that calls me and james we love using the park sportsbook you can bet the money line as it changes during the game on the sports park sportsbook app and bet on individual player performances as they happen baseball you can bet hits home runs pitcher strikeouts every inning you can bet every inning every at bat golf you can bet on match winners bet on leaders after rounds and more or you can always bet on spreads. We love doing parlays. The Parks Parlay is a big part of the Go Birds pod. Props, teasers, and over-unders. New customers, sign up right now. You can get your, your first bet risk-free up to $500. Just download the app or you can click park, parkscasino.com forward slash PA and use the promo code GOBIRDS. Your risk-free bet is refunded inside credit. The website has all the details. Sports Radio. 94 WIP go birds radio last segment Elliot Shore parks Ruben Frank and me and you are going to head down to uh the Nova care for practice tonight Nick Sirianni's night practice going at 530 bit different I don't think I've ever covered a uh Eagles practice at the Nova care at night normally they they reserve those for the open nights at the link now but uh yeah, nighttime practice for Nick Sirianni. Why why do you think he did that? Just uh,
4: Apparently it's has something to do with NFL Network is uh, is going live from a bunch of different camps or something. It has they, to do they, with They them. want to watch the Eagles practice. Uh, apparently.
3: Apparently, yeah. Like it's what we so do So we do whatever they want to do. So through 3 days, I'm curious, where do you fall? And again, all the caveats, it's 3 days, overreaction, all those things. Just curious though, after watching them now for 3 days, this team better or worse than you thought. <laughs>
4: Well, I'm not ready to say better and worse, but uh, I, I I like the practices. I, I like the um, I, I I think that the team is I think they're buying into what Nick's doing. And uh-huh. I think you can tell a practice that they are. I like the tempo. I, I as as far as I mean, it's just too early to really to come up with no, any. It's, big it's never conclusions. too early, Rube. Not not No, it is. Three. It's too early, you but I, me on you I know, like I the know. way they're practicing. Yeah. I like the way he's leading. Uh, I I like the tempo. Um, I I think they're going to – I don't think they're going to suck.
3: I agree. I, I don't think they are at all. One thing I noticed, and this could be coincidental or not, but day one I think we both agreed Jalen didn't have his best practice. He wasn't great on the first day of practice. I noticed day two they had him rolling out a lot more. They had him on the run. And I don't know if it's just that they were planning on working on or whatever, but I do think that this is a coaching staff that is going to adjust more than the last one did. I think with Jim Schwartz and Doug Peterson, they were both so set in their ways on what they did. Schwartz especially, right? Cause well, been, both of them especially. Both, yeah. The, yeah. But but Schwartz had been in the league for so long. He, you know, and he was a great defensive coordinator overall. Doug, you're right. Doug was also set. He wanted to run his offense, the one that won the Super Bowl. You know, and it's easy to say it at the podium, and we'll see if they actually do it. But this staff seems so much more open to actually building their offense around the skill set of the players and what they do well.
4: Yeah, that's for sure. And and part of that is just having younger players and yep. and learning what they do well. Uh, but but there's no question about it. And uh, I I think that they need it to get young. And the the big question to me is how all these young guys uh, on both sides of the ball are 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 they going to make that next step in in you know, in a new scheme with new coaches, and uh, I think we're starting to see that some of them have a chance.
3: Yeah, for sure, I agree. I think it's been impressive so far. All right, let's go to the back to the boards. Uh, Chris in Ocean City, Chris, what's going on, man? You're on uh, Go Birds Radio.
1: Hey, what's up? I'm doing well. How are you, Rube? How are you, Elliot?
3: What up, man? What thanks up, for uh, thanks for calling in.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so just have one point about Wentz, and then one question for each of you. Yep. Um, so I think that just from what happened yesterday in those reports, the Eagles have already won this trade with Carson it's like gosh that guy was such a bummer I mean it's like of course he's injured and then all the stress and turmoil that comes with that and then you have the whole COVID thing where it appears that he's not vaccinated won't answer questions about it like just imagine if he was in Philly and you as the the press pool were having to pepper him with questions and he wasn't answering what chaos that would create Mm -hmm. and then after you know just dealing with that for so long, I'm just so glad that this guy is gone. It's just yep. such a relief. We just don't have to worry off. about it anymore.
3: I think they're better yeah, off. For sure. Yep, 100% agree with that. And you. then
1: just have a question for you guys. So my biggest surprise so far has been the news that uh, Goddard and Rager failed their physicals. And it just seems particularly for those two. Well, Goddard,
4: it was, like it Goddard did the years. test wrong.
3: Yeah, the Goddard thing was more he was, in phys- he was in great physical shape, and we've seen that. I think he honestly looks – I know it's you know everyone's in the best shape of their life right now, but he looks like he's in great shape. The physical with him was more he just did something wrong and so failed on a technicality.
4: But he's been practicing and all he's that. He's been
3: practicing. Jalen Rager has not been, though. And I, Rager must have gotten hurt during the physical or something. No, like. I don't
4: think he's even hurt.
3: Oh, okay.
4: I think he's – I mean, I've been watching him run, and he's not hurt. He's not getting treatment, uh-huh. at least from what we can see. That's There's, true, yeah. He's just out there – Trying to get fit, I think that's what it looks like. But anyway, go ahead. I
6: was just, I was just
1: curious in your guys' experience covering the team. Is that something that is common around the league for guys to fail them, and do they have to wait like a certain amount of time to take it again, or why can't it just be like a quick fix?
4: Yeah, because I, I, I don't think he's ready to pass it. I, I don't. There's, I mean, there's no. It's not like a a rule that you have to pass this. You know, it's a coaching it's, staff. It's a, it's, thing, it's yeah. a. Yeah, they just don't want him to practice until he's ready. And I mean, he, he, to me, he looks. Like, he's a ways away from being where he needs to be. Now, I know there, as Jeff McClain reported, he, you know, a close friend, a childhood friend of his was was murdered. I know there's there's circumstances there, but this is a big year for Jalen Rager. He had, last year was really disappointing, and they need him. I mean, the guy's a first-round pick. He's going into year two, and this is not a good way to begin it. And, uh, I, you know, it is unusual. Because, yes. you know, in the old days, like when I started covering the team, the guys, guys would – get in shape training camp was six weeks long so the first couple of weeks were just to kind of work yourself in a shape but now there's so much money at stake and and, and with injuries and salary cap you got to report in in great shape you have to um and he didn't and it's very disappointing
1: yeah that's wild and then uh j- just one last question for you guys then i'll listen off air mm-hmm. um in terms of the new coaching staff has anything stuck out to you about any position coaches or any differences that you're noticing um, from the position coaches from last year to this year. And yep. uh, thank you all both. L- love you.
3: Yep. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Super appreciate it. Um, Yeah, look, it's like I said, I think they seem more open to adjusting. Uh, I don't know if I'd say they more, they are more hands on or not. I haven't really got a great read on how Sirianni is on the practice field. Cause he honestly doesn't stand out much. Like, I don't think he, he's not like super vocal running all around. I think when you see him on the press conferences, you think that he's going to be this wild child out on the field, but He's pretty measured. I think he steps back. He lets his coaches do his job. I've seen him, you know, I, he does seem to correct on the field more than the last staff. The last staff seemed to be more of, you know, let's keep it moving and we'll do it uh, in the film room. It seems like he's a little more into that, but, but overall he, there's not been any signature moment where I've been like, okay, look at that guy, you know, well, calling crazy. the
4: meeting yesterday yeah, so was go- kind of his signature moment, but, uh, I've been impressed by the fact that his, like, there's one thing I hate is loud coaches because they're yep. kind of showing off Agreed. for the people that are there. And we've all seen those guys, uh, you know, the Washburns and just guys who. Schwartz
3: would do it every once in a while.
4: Once in a while. Uh, but th- this is a very business-like staff, it seems like. Yeah. And when they need to tell someone something, it's not about embarrassing him or humiliating him. It's about going up to him, tell you know, give him the coaching point and And move on uh and I think that's good. I mean, we've all seen those coaches that are you know show offy and and trying to trying to show off what they have and who yep. they are um That's not how you get players to improve
3: no, and I think this this staff what I like about them is they're young and they're all extremely motivated and they know they need each other, right. I don't think there's a lot of egos in that coaching room right now. All right, man, good show. We're going to head off to practice soon, but we would be remiss so remiss so remiss if we did not yes, end the show. Remissed. Okay, I'm messing that one remiss. up. Remiss. We would be remiss. There we go. If we didn't end the show with a shout-out to my man, Kevin. Kev. It, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Elliot doing a
9: shout-out without missing a word
4: or two. I know.
3: <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at expressions like that, like uh, behind baseball I can never well, get right.
4: Let me just say one thing, because I've been at IP since, I don't even know when, like 94. Yeah. Um, I've worked with a lot of producers, and I just like to say that Kevin is one of them.
3: <laughs> there <you> go. <laughs> There you go. Oh, I appreciate
4: that roof. Thank you. No, he's he's a pro and it's been great working with him and uh, we just wish you luck in and in, in all you do and you know some producers just sit there and push the buttons. Kevin gets involved in the show and and um, it's been great working with you. And hopefully we see you back here but yeah. whatever we wish you all the best.
9: I appreciate it and uh that seems to be the plan for now, but you know, you never know what the future holds, but uh, hopefully I'll be back down the line. So hopefully any, I get to work with you guys Any memories
3: again. stand out? I and mean, I know we hope you're back, so hopefully it's a premature goodbye, but you've been here a long time. I mean, any memories stick out?
4: What was hmm. your first shift it's like? It's funny.
3: It put me on the spot, but I was telling a buddy of yeah. mine the other day, um, and it only happens two or three times a year, uh, at least, at least to me, but I particularly enjoyed when breaking news would happen and yeah. you would just throw out the rundown and – everything's breaking loose and you're calling it on the fly. Like for me, that was fun. And when you walk out of the building, you just really felt like you were a part of something that yeah. day. It was, yeah. uh, that, only, that happened to me a handful of times. And that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah. That's always, wow. I haven't done it a ton, but being on air for that, uh, I was, cool. I
4: was on the air when Donovan got traded.
3: Oh, wow. Yeah. It
4: was pretty cool. Cause I had to write while I was taking it. I was like, yeah, just keep talking.
3: yeah no well look who knows maybe we'll be on there for some breaking news uh moving forward but kevin look seriously i know as someone that's been new to radio you've really helped me and uh it's been a blast working with you, and you know, I super hope you come back. You're successful in what you do, but I wouldn't mind seeing you back too. It's a, I it's a appreciate it, Saturday. man,
9: and uh, I'll be texting you about some reality shows.
3: Oh, without question, me and Kevin enjoy reality TV. So yeah, you, know. you can keep me out of that text. <laughs> yeah, chain. You, can, you can be <laughs> out of that one. But uh, thanks to everyone that called today. Like I said, we're gonna head to practice. Uh, we'll be potting this as always. You can get it in the Go Birds feed, and uh, this has been Sports Radio for 94 WIP. John Johnson is up next. I'm sure Todd Eagles as well, and uh, talk to you guys next week.